Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ray, and welcome to the RayWentworth.com podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here are your hosts, Drew and Janie. Thanks, Ray. Welcome to the Ray Wenderlich podcast with your hosts, Drew Freeman, and myself, Janie Clayton. So we're back with the Ray Wenderlich podcast after a long absence, and my co-host, Janie, is with me. Hello. And we are doing this special episode zero, which is not actually going to dive into any tech, but is going to dive into us. So as you may or may not have noticed, we don't really sound like Mick and Jake. And the reason for that is because we are in the middle of a regeneration cycle. And this is a new start for the Ray Wenderlich podcast. We will do our best to try and keep it consistent so it's not too different from what you've been doing before. But we are different people. We're the new companion and the new doctor. And so we are going to be a little bit different this year. And we do promise you for all 12 episodes, you can take your bets on which of us is the doctor and which is the companion, because I'm pretty sure we don't know either. Oh, I'm totally the doctor. Uh, that's what you think. <laughs> this is episode zero. It's going to be a lot more informal because we figure you want to know who we are since, as we told you, we're neither Mick nor Jake, at least the last time we checked. This way you can get an idea who we are and the kind of things we're going to be covering for the next 12 episodes, our upcoming season. So I guess the first question is, well, who are we? So I know who I am, and Janie knows who she is, but we better probably deliver that information to you. Janie, who are you? Well, I can't go back to yesterday. I was a different person then. Well, let's just start now. Uh, my name is Janie Clayton. I am a recovering journalism major. I went to school for journalism. I wanted to be a radio host, but then the Great Recession hit, and all of the places that I thought I was going to work at all went out of business. So then I needed to figure out something else to do with my life. So I could either go to law school or I could learn programming. And I looked at how much law school cost and how every other recovering journalism major was all fleeing to law school. And I decided that that wasn't particularly the best course of action. So back in 2012, I started going back to school for programming. Um, that was when iOS was really starting to become very hot and I decided to stick with iOS because it seemed like the easiest way of being able to kind of jump on this, this grand programming carousel that keeps turning faster and faster and is harder and harder to, you know, grasp hold of. Um, I have been programming professionally since 2014, and if you're familiar with me, you're probably most familiar with my conference talks, my books, and my various uh, blogging and Twitter stuff. And you are, you're actually the, the, the shill here because you've done a podcast before in tech. Yes, yes. I used to be the um, co-host of NS Brief. So I actually had my first touch of a computer um, – back in elementary school. And for those who have not met me at RW DevCon or uh, anywhere else, I have a white beard and a t-shirt that reads, never trust an old man with a computer science degree. But fear not, I don't have a computer science degree. First computer I got my hands on was a Commodore PET. My grandfather showed me some of the punch cards he used at the New York Times. Uh, I got an Apple II when I was 11 years old, not a plus, not an E, not a GS, but just an Apple II. And I popped that thing open and I took it apart, much to my mom's chagrin. Uh, put it back together again, for the most part. There were about two or three pieces. I couldn't figure out where they went, but that's where that went. And I just started writing little programs in AppleSoft Basic. 
and it was all downhill from there. See, I hate people like you because when I was a kid, like I had an Apple II, but I didn't know you could program it. And I was very heavily discouraged from actually going into programming. Like my father was very like, you know, like ragging on me, like, no, you shouldn't be a programmer because you're not learning Fortran or Pascal back in like 2014. And so like, it just, I... I feel like I want to give like a voice to all of the people who like didn't understand programming because they were discouraged or they didn't have access to materials or they just didn't have like a an entry point into technology because it was something that always really interested in me but it was always this kind of amorphous like blobby type thing kind of like hacking is to most people where everybody thinks it's really cool but they don't really understand what it is. So like I I hate anybody that actually got to like you know program as a child and was encouraged to do this stuff because I didn't have any programming experience at all, at all until like ten years ago. I will say in my in my defense I wasn't really encouraged to program. I, I was lucky because uh, my dad was a doctor and one of my best friends in elementary school her father owned a Sony video and electronics store. Uh, matter of fact, the two of us grew up watching a bootlegged VHS of Star Wars. We watched that like hundreds of times before anybody else got their hands on it. Um, so it was more pablum to get me out of my parents' hair than to actually say, go program, there'll be a career in this. Because for years, no one knew what to do with it. I, I also lucked out that the guy at the computer store who sold it to me would basically give me bootlegged software on the back. And, and part of that included like programming manuals. The, the Apple II actually came with a great programming manual. It said in the front cover, actually, not front cover, but one of the first few pages was, this is the keyboard. You can type anything you want on this keyboard, and nothing you type on this keyboard will damage the computer unless you decide to type with a sledgehammer. I feel kind of like I, you know, failed some kind of intelligence test because I talked to people who like programmed on the Apple II, and they're like, "Well, no one told you you could do it, but we had these magazines, and all my friends did it, and we talked to the guy at the computer store that did it." And to me, it was like, you know, I turned it on when it didn't have the the floppy disk in it, and you'd see the cursor. It's like, oh, it's just broken. So I, I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like I missed some like giant like awesome Easter egg in my my Apple II when I was like a kid. <laughs> I actually almost got turned off from computers as a kid because that was about the time of the TRS-80 and I went into a Radio Shack and tried it and all it said was print, quote, oddly enough, hello world. And I typed P-R-I-N-T and then there was this strange diagram of a two with a shift button. So I hit the shift button, I hit the two and it was supposed to make a quote and all it did was a two. So I hit the backspace, I hit the shift button, I hit the two button. There was no place that it'd say, that means hold both buttons at the same time. And I thought, this computer is a piece of crap. <laughs> and this is probably how I wound up in the Apple world. <laughs> Fast forward to college. Um, I went in as a math major, but I also loved doing theater. And I eventually was a theater major. So we've got a journalism major here and a theater major here. And and those are the two of us that will be guiding you on this journey of tech for the next 12 episodes and then on from there. So um, I, I got into theater. I left college without any degree because with computers at that point, they didn't know what to teach me. And with theater, that it was all talent. So I went and I worked in radio, which is why I'm doing a podcast. Uh, but eventually I learned that writing programs paid more than waiting tables. And I uh, started programming professionally about hmm, 30 years ago. And I went through the ranks of, of Mac programming using the old white New York telephone books, uh, the, the New York white pages t that were uh, five or six volumes of just Pascal APIs for, for Mac. 
and that eventually got uh, replaced by the Macintosh rainbow-backed books. Um, I was actually at WWDC when they brought Steve Jobs back after burning red for eight quarters in a row. And I made the transition from Mac to OS X to iOS, from Object C to Swift, and it's just always self-taught. So I'm actually in Janie's boat when it comes to that. Being self-taught is like awesome. You get to go and, and explore and do lots of like cool and interesting things and nobody tells you what to do. But that's not to say that that project they forced you to do in Java in your 300 level class was worthless. There's also the whiteboarding test of, of balancing the binary tree in, in like Pascal. So if you're familiar with Nick and Jake's version of the podcast, every single season has its own theme. And the theme that we've chosen this season for the Ray Wenderlich podcast is kind of asking the question about what it means to be a developer. So me personally, I've gone to speak at a lot of conferences, and most of the conferences that I've gone to kind of revolve around the idea of what it means to be an independent developer. There was um, Indie Dev Stock and 360 iDev, and everybody kind of talking about the indie apocalypse and how it's impossible to make a living as an independent developer. But if you go and you look at the at the Apple Store and the um, and the iTunes Store and you look and see all of the different applications that are available, there's like millions of applications and they have to be written by somebody. And you know, the independent developer community in the United States is fairly small. I feel like I know everybody and I feel like it tops out at about 500 people. So I look at the store and I'm like, you know, who wrote all of these applications? You know, somebody had to write them. There are people all over the world who work for a lot of different types of companies that go and write software for the iPhone. So the purpose of this season is to go and to talk to some of these people who aren't necessarily in our circles who go and write all of these different applications that we bring and look at it on our phone. I personally come from a, being a corporate full-timer. I've worked for a lot of big companies, a lot of small startups, but pretty much always under the full-time corporation's thumb and fortunately their health insurance. Um, we are also going to have a couple of uh, contractors. We're going to have a couple of people who, uh, uh, who actually do health care. I think we have some healthcare folks. If not, well, we'll see if we can drum some up sometime. Well, then they would have to violate HIPAA to tell us what it is that they are doing. You know, I've actually worked in healthcare, and I can tell you what I'm doing without telling you the HIPAA stuff, which is uh, the the private information on the person. I've actually done healthcare too. I, I one reason I originally thought I was going to get into Java programming was because I thought I was going to work in healthcare, but then I found out that they wanted five years of experience for like an entry level internship position, and I was like, no. Maybe we'll even cover the interviews and what kind of things they'll ask us on interviews and how to deal with that. Besides telling them to go away? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so ran out of what to say there. <laughs> I, have a, I, have, I have that effect on people. So uh, I told you a little about the season. I told you about us independently. Of course, um, you may have seen us online as either the Red Queen Coder or Lord Andre. And monikers are always wonderful. So, Janie, tell me about the origin of the Red Queen Coder. Okay. So, um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that um, I originally kind of thought that I was going to go to school to learn Java programming. I was trying to find like a nice 40-hour-a-week job that I was going to do to pay my bills while I went and you know, tried to you know, be discovered as a filmmaker or some other kind of creative endeavor. And while I was in school, I was able to get a mobile development degree because iOS was just starting to become really big and I was having trouble finding anything in Java because of the aforementioned needing five years of experience to get anything. And I realized that it was a lot easier to get into iOS than it was to get into 
Java. So my second semester of the iOS program, my teacher came in and showed us an iOS 5 book. He said, hey, everybody, do you remember iOS 5 that we learned last semester? Then he dropped it on the table and said, all right, you know, forget about that. You know, iOS 6 came out over the summer. Everything changed. You have to go in and learn iOS 6 now. So every single year at WWDC, Apple's going to introduce a whole bunch of new stuff. And you're going to have to go and you're going to have to keep up with it and relearn things every single year. And if that doesn't make you like super excited, then this is not the industry for you. So I kind of got into my head around that point that I really needed to keep up with everything and I needed to learn stuff as quickly as I could. But I kind of felt like I was never going to establish a nice foundation of knowledge that would allow me to build on stuff because I thought my little you know knowledge structure is going to get knocked over every single year. So um, one of my favorite authors is Lewis Carroll, and he wrote a couple of books about um, Alice, Alice Through the Looking Glass, and Alice in Wonderland. And one of the characters in Alice Through the Looking Glass was the Red Queen. And the Red Queen, you know, took Alice by the hand and was running through the woods as fast as she possibly could. And Alice asked her, like, you know, where are you trying to get get by running so fast? And she said, well, I'm not actually trying to get anywhere. I'm just trying to stay in one place. If I wanted to get somewhere, I'd have to run twice as fast as I'm running right now. So I felt like even back then I was really interested in graphics programming and audio programming and lots of really complicated, difficult concepts. And to me, like it seemed like it was impossible for me to ever actually be at a point where I could learn graphics and OpenGL and mathematics and all this other stuff if I was also continuing to have to relearn everything from iOS every single year. So I felt like uh, I felt like the Red Queen. I felt like I had to you know like run twice as fast just to get anywhere. And thus it's stuck. Yeah, it's it's been good branding. It doesn't it doesn't hurt that I, I have red hair and, and I, I tend to be you know, somewhat you know, visually distinctive. So I noticed that the hosts of the podcast this season are I am a queen and you're a lord. And I'd like to know like, where your lord title came from, because I certainly did not lord you. No, no, you didn't. Um, and, and contrary to, to uh, uh, some of the questions I've gotten online, it is in no way uh, either full of myself or suspect of things you'd find on quiet, dark social networks. Um, I uh, go back to uh, during my, my grad school years, of which I call them grad school years, even though I was never in grad school. I got very active in uh, medieval recreation through a group called the SCA. Um, and it was a lot of fun, and they uh, uh, a lot of people who join the SCA, or actually just about everybody who joins the SCA, picks a name that represents their medieval persona. And at that point, I chose the name Andre, which is in fact not my birth name. Ha ha! That's the mystery. Um, and uh, the big event is a two-week camping event in Western Pennsylvania called the Pensac War, and that that summer vacation for so many people and. So many friends from college still, that is the, the two-week vacation. But, you know, two weeks of people calling you Andre, you come back into the real world and somebody calls you by your name and you just don't react. And I suddenly realized in college, I started responding to Andre faster than anything else. And that stuck, sucked so much so that when I got married, I actually had my name legally changed. Um, now, the Lord part also came from the SCA because they give certain titles uh, for participation or for excellent work or for support. And I was uh, living in Pittsburgh, going to school. Actually, yeah, that goes back to my undergraduate years uh, in southeastern Ohio at Marietta. And I was trying to get the SCA started there. 
And the folks in, in the Ohio area were so pleased with that, they, they gave me a, a title, which is called an award of arms, where I became Lord Andre. It became a title there. It was about 94. And at that point, the web was still very new. Matter of fact, at that point, I was kind of convinced that Gopher was going to take off rather than HTML. Boy, that was a dumb move. But the nice thing was, usernames were fairly far between, uh, few and far between. So I started using Lord Andre as a username, and that's become my brand over the past uh, 25 years. Um, I am pretty much Lord Andre at internet. Nice. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Uh, if I find Lord Andre online, it's not me because I've now actually got it trademarked. Um, I can actually push back on that. So we're really excited about coming in and taking a crack at the podcast. We think we have an amazing season coming up. Um, I'm looking forward to getting to know all of our guests and getting to know my co-host a little bit better and being able to share all of our awesome knowledge and information with all of you guys. And I hope that you're as excited about the upcoming season as I am. And the next episode, our first episode regular for the season, will be in two weeks from the airing of this episode. And Janie, why don't you tell us about who we're going to be talking with? Our first guest on the season is going to be Arthur Mays. Arthur Mays is a recovering lawyer and a contractor who's going to be kind of talking to us a little bit about storyboards. He can tell me about why it was smart for me to avoid being a lawyer. So he's continuing our nice little you know, theme of the season of people coming from different backgrounds and finding programming. And we're looking forward to hearing what he has to say. So it'll definitely be an interesting season as, as all of us get back into the seats and try to figure out where we're going with things. But hopefully we'll also to give you a lot of great information and some technical insight and just some general focus for developers. So this wraps up episode zero. Um, we wanted to give you a little bit of an overview of who we are and what you can expect from us and how we're going to be a little bit different from Mick and Jake. Thank you so much for listening to our spiel. Um, we look forward to having you listen to us for the next couple of episodes. Thanks, Janie. Again, I'm Drew Freeman. We'll see you in two weeks. And for now, we're going to send it back to the Emerald Castle and the wizard himself, Ray, thanks much, and back to you. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the RayWendell.com podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes. See you next time. <laughs>